swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. No injuries, no illness, no suspensions, no healthy scratches. None of the 941 blocks he's made have caught him in the wrong spot. Nothing has kept him out of the lineup. So tonight here on Long Island, Keith Yandel has reached the top of the list that he has spent 13 years climbing. Congrats to Keith Yandel, the new Iron Man of the National Hockey League. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We are your hosts today, TJ and Raj. Hey there. So Zach is watching the basketball game. I think it's UNC and Duke. Not really a basketball guy, but yeah, he uh, he's got some friends coming over. He's got like a whole buffet set out, so he's enjoying that. <laughs> got the night off. For now, it's Raj and myself taking you guys on the week preview here. Week 24, you know, in my home league, in our in our listener leagues, we got uh, the playoffs are already going on, and that's where we're at. We are streaming, no holds barred, hair trigger, dropping everybody, picking you know Ross Colton up. This week's going to be a heavy one. There is going to be a big focus on these off nights because the the heavy nights are heavy, the light nights are light. But anyway, we're five hole. You guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You guys can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Let's get into news and notes. Talking about storylines. First off, Keith Yandel, healthy scratch tonight. You know, I had a lot of criticisms on this one to begin, but man, the Flyers are, I'm I'm watching this game right now. The Flyers are playing pretty well against Toronto, so much so that Sheldon Keith was throwing these lines up through a blender. Uh, I think he had like Kerfoot playing with Matthews for a minute. The lines are back to normal. There was a little bit of panic. Uh, Philadelphia dominating Toronto <laughs> for a little bit there. This is all going to circle back to Keith Yandel right now. Ironman streak over at 989 games. And the bone I had to pick was the Flyers aren't playing worth shit. They're not playing for shit. They're already mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Only four teams right now, and the Flyers are one of them. 11 games away from 1,000 games. Yeah. And there you go. Toronto just scored a third one. Kevin Hayes is not happy. <laughs> I absolutely agree. It would have been cool to just let him go for the thousand, like make it, make it a cool 1000, right? Like what's the point? If anything, I think like people would come to the games, like people are going to want to go to that thousandth game and it would be something to talk about in Philly. I was pretty surprised what they did on one hand, just because, you know, no, no offense to Philly, but they don't have a ton going on right now. Also, Nick Sealer can be in the lineup. If he, yeah, exactly. If anything, if he sucks right now, it'll help them bomb. So why not? All that being said, we can basically call it a career. He had a great career, 999 games in a row. But uh, altogether, I mean, he had 1,099 games, 615 points. So, like, a great point pace for a defenseman for his career. Interesting, like, half of his career points are on the power play. Half. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's Keith Yandel. Like he, that's his thing, right? Not beating around the bush or anything, but his career has definitely tapered off, to say the least. And yeah, his defensive sure. impact is is not that great. But I mean, you got Ronnie Attard in the game. He was on power play one for a little bit here in Philly, so they're really letting the kids go for it. But you know, Nick Sealer, why he got this guy? He got hurt today too. So I don't know. Flyers shouldn't be trying to win games at this point. Yeah, I think that's one thing that's a little bit missing from hockey. I mean, I, I know they're trying to change the game and all that, but I think they are 
missing out on just some big moments like that that really are good for the the future of the game and in markets like philly you know you want to have those little gems here and there but i mean having said all that florida was going to end this streak before he even got the record right like florida they were going to start benching him anyways and there was that big hubbub when they had a yeah plan to bench him and the team just said fuck you're not benching him no way so then they traded him basically right so just strictly hockey wise it makes sense but come on guys well the business side yeah there has to be a personal element to it like 11 games yeah that's all he needed to do to hit a thousand and now you got phil kessel breathing down his neck nobody wants that Nobody wants Phil Kessel breathing on your neck. No, you don't want <laughs> breathing on your neck. But I just think like everything going as it is, it looks like it will. I just absolutely love the fact that, you know, basically the toughest sport in the world, the absolute Iron Man streak is probably going to be owned by Phil Kessel. <laughs> Phil Kessel. That's something else. <laughs> the physical, physical specimen. Love it. Right. The peak of the physical specimen. All right, next up is uh, the Ducks and the game they played against Arizona. Um, Trevor Zegras pulled another Michigan out of his hat, went around Sonny Milano. Jay Beagle didn't like it too much and just starts open season up on Troy Terry's face. I don't know if you've seen the picture, but yeah. Troy Terry looks different. You know, his his one eye is, is close to being swelled shut. I don't know if he's going to be in the lineup, man. That's... Uh, that was that was something else. I don't know. What's your take on this one? There were there were some bad takes around there, so be careful what you say. I've heard them all. I was following it pretty close, and it's I gotta take the the absolute garbage way out. Like I can see both sides because it was a blowout game already, and like that was a sick ass goal. That was a sick goal, right? But why are you gonna go for Troy Terry though? Like, what did he do? Uh, well, he'd already knocked Zegers down, I believe, and um, that's just that's how it goes. I guess Terry took exception. That's pretty common though. Like, I, I've seen that a lot and heard that a lot. Where where that's the way a lot of guys do it. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna you're gonna act like that. I'm gonna get your buddy. Mm as opposed to coming after you. So same time, another contender for goal of the year, <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think both sides are going to exist. I mean, those goals, you got to allow those goals and you got to try for amazing plays like that when you got skills like he's got, but you also probably have to watch your face. If you're going to try those goals when you're already uh, blowing a team out like that, you can, you can rationalize it all you want, but you're definitely going to piss somebody off by doing that. So just, you know, whether it's right or wrong, just you better watch your back if you're pulling stuff like that. That's all. But I love it. I love both sides of it. <laughs> I felt like he, you know, probably went a little too far considering Troy Terry didn't seem like he wanted that fight. No. And uh, Jay Beagle fought enough for both of them. So it seemed a little excessive. That much, I will say. Yes. Uh, we're going to get into injuries here. We got a couple of uh, season-ending injuries, and that's Sean Monahan. He is done for the season with... With hip surgery, started the year on a first line. Now he was down to the fourth line. And a lot of it stemmed from just that hip issue we were talking about a couple weeks ago that he, when he went down to take a face off, it wouldn't really pop back out. So I guess he's getting that taken care of, which is great because that hopefully means a reinvigorated Sean Monahan on an already powerhouse Calgary team next year. Big question mark though, is he with the team next year? That's going to be a lot. Is this a selling point? Oh, his hips all fixed. Regardless, Sean Monahan done for the season. Clayton Keller crashed into the boards, put out on Twitter that he is done. I want to know with this, are you interested in Nick Schmaltz anymore? He's kind of cooling down, like you had said, 
And now Keller, his BFF when it comes to point production, is uh, is done. So with this coldish streak, are we done with Schmaltz? It wasn't exactly a hot take that he's going to slow down a bit. <laughs> Originally, when when I was saying that, I mean, he was, like you're pointing out, he was literally keeping pace with Connor McDavid for like over a month or two. But I think this hurts. I mean, I also saw the news that I believe Chikrin has no timetable to return. So you're already on slim pickings there. I, I really think, I mean, what, they just had a, a six-game losing streak. They lost six out of their last seven. They haven't scored over two goals in a couple weeks at this point. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I think I might keep him for the Monday game this week against St. Louis. But after that, I mean, yeah, you're looking at two heavy nights in Vancouver and Vegas. So I think Monday being an off night, I want him for that. But after that, man, I'm I'm ready to cut ties, especially if he does nothing. Yeah, agreed. Simple as that. Uh, Jack Campbell, as we alluded to a little bit while I was talking Flyers and the Maple Leafs, it was two two when I first brought it up. Now it is four to three. So this game's moving. Yeah, Jack Campbell is back. This is good news, especially if Jack Campbell can find the form that he had earlier. Mrazek done for the season, and then that's going to bring us up to Nazem Kadri. And some news came out more news today this is gonna be a while Nazem Kadri, quote-unquote gonna miss some time I mean they're confident he's gonna be back for the real playoffs he's not gonna be back for our fantasy playoffs now there's no official timetable so I can't nudge you to to pull the trigger on dropping him until we get a definitive timetable because the last thing I want to do is tell you to drop him and then he's back for the final week and you know that whole mess so seems like it's gonna be a long time so I might think about dropping him I probably would but uh I'm not gonna Put it in stone just yet. The lineup they were running today versus Pittsburgh is Burkowski, McKinnon, Rantanen, Lekkinen, JT Comfer, and Nishushkin. I'm laughing because Toronto just scored again. Oh, God. It's 5-3. to three. Jesus. <laughs> uh, But again, that that top six, Burkowski, McKinnon, Rantanen, Lekkinen, JT Comfer, Nishushkin. There's a couple questions to talk about here. Uh, Nishushkin, this is not as pretty of a top six as it was a week ago for Nishushkin. He's still getting power play one deployment, but Burkowski took his spot on line one. What do you think about Nishushkin here? I'm always a fan. You know that. He, he's been doing reasonably well, and, and fucking Colorado. I, I have a hard time doubting anybody on Colorado at this point. They're so damn good. doesn't seem to matter who's playing where. Uh, if, if you're in that top six, you're going to be doing well, and... I think that's really, really the simplest way to look at it. Um, I, I'm down. He's only 41% owned, so he's he's available in a lot of leagues, playing uh, a ton of ice time. So, yeah, I'm in on Nikushkin, Chushkin. You know, three, four shots a game. He has spurts of three hits a game. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm definitely down for for him. And he's he's one of the only guys you can pick up in Colorado because they're no secret. Yeah, I like him. I like him less now that he's not on that top line. This was his first game in quite some time that he played under 20 minutes. 17-10, still good time on ice, no doubt. Uh, Three straight games of four shots and four games of four shots in his last five. uh, Mix in three points in that span as well. So he's still productive. He's still doing stuff. He's still on the top power play in Colorado. So there is still hope if you're you're limited for moves in the Shushkin. But I don't know. I'm I'm going to let this week play out. There's only three games for Colorado here. Pittsburgh, Winnipeg, and the Oilers. Two of those are on heavy nights. So if this quote-unquote demotion to line two 
has you really worried about Nishushkin. Maybe you can find some other options with better off nights, something that fits your roster a little bit better. I think you'd be a little justified in it. But one game of Burakovsky on the top line, so a little bit of devil's advocate here. It could very well be Nishushkin next game. It's it's worth checking out. So now I just wanted to get it out there that, you know, this is definitely a downgrade. Definitely a downgrade for sure, but you know, like it's not a huge downgrade just because you're on Colorado. So even the downgrade, you're still still okay. They do only have three games the following week as well. So yeah, as you're saying there, like I wouldn't go out of your way to hold those guys, either of those guys. Right. I mean, six games in the next two weeks. So if they fit, great. If they don't, it's crunch time. You you got to move. You got to make moves at this point. It's crunch time. So you'd be justified in that one. Uh, Confer also skated with the top power play unit. Confer today logged fourteen fifty five, had a shot and two blocks. Confer is the guy that he kind of always winds up on that top power play. You know, if, if there's another injury this time to Kadri, who's the center. So I guess they're looking for like backup face offs at this point. Hopefully they have a little fun with this one. Maybe we'll see new hook up there. But for right now, if you're in deeper leagues, Confer and even Lekkonen are pretty interesting options at this point. Flurry just got scored on, which is huge because my opponent was riding that shutout. But what sucks is he has an Aho turbo stack and those are the two that scored on Flurry. But anyway, all right, let's get into the week breakdown at this point. Monday's got four, Tuesday's got 10, Wednesday's got five games, Thursday, 10, Friday, five, Saturday, 12, Sunday, seven. So it's a very traditional week with the heavy nights are pretty heavy, light nights being really light. There's one team that has all off nights, and it's Tampa Bay. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, in your playoffs, if you got a Stamkos, if you got a Kucherov, that's great. That is absolutely great for you guys. But the trickle down sucks because the streaming options aren't really enticing. The second best schedule out there, in my opinion, at least, is St. Louis, who's got three off nights, and then they play Saturday as well. And I might even be, I like St. Louis's options better than Tampa. Mm-hmm. So I might even lean st louis here just for availability okay it is now 6-3 this game won't stop oh my god so like in tampa what is there there's a killorn palat if you're lucky enough that these guys are available at this point they're in the just go check territory and then you actually jokingly brought up basically the only other option out there is maybe ross colton if you're in a deep league or you're desperate to get some games but i mean you're you're looking at a 10 minute per game player even though his stats of late look reasonable guy does play 10 minutes a night so it's just you're hoping there that you know you're 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 trying to get a point per game out of a a guy who's playing sixth of a game yeah it's it's easy to put on those rose-colored glasses, see, you know, four games, four off nights. Ross Colton, he's on that team. Uh, and there's there's two arguments that I want to have here. I kind of want to, like, argue with myself a little bit. But the teams that they're playing, Tampa plays Toronto, Washington, Boston, and then Buffalo. So that's three divisional matchups, very hard games that are all going to be very hard fought. And then Buffalo. Like, Buffalo can come out and surprise you, no big deal. But, you know, they got Tage Thompson. Don't sleep on it. Okay, so part of me is like, okay, these guys aren't viable. Ross Colton, even Nick Paul, somebody, he had a shorthanded assist tonight. He hits a lot. He's got five points and seven since he's joined Tampa at this point. Three of them came against Chicago, but he's still being productive. These divisional games against Toronto, uh, Washington, and Boston, I think there's going to be an intense focus on that top six, those guys that we can't pick up, those guys that are way too rostered at this point. So maybe. You know, you see a little more action from each team's bottom six at this point, because those are the ones that aren't getting those heavy matchups, those hard opponents. So, I mean, they're 
there's an argument for both sides. But to agree with you, finally, that 10 minutes is tough. <laughs> yeah. It's really tough. Uh, McEwen is fighting Simmons in Philadelphia. Oh, boy. Simmons is winning. Decidedly winning. Oof. He's he's a bit of a power play dude and stuff like that. But, man, every time I see him fight, it's pretty darn scary. Even if you are Zach McEwen. Who, Simmons? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was at the game where Simmons' shirt came off. And, man, it, he is every bit of fighter, as uh, as you might think. Woo. He doesn't seem like he goes out of his way to, but when someone wants to go, he seems to end the story, that's for sure. <sighs> All right, so other teams with really good schedules. We, we covered Tampa pretty well. St. Louis is up there. Uh, Boston, Calgary, Carolina, all teams we're going to cover here today. There are a couple teams with what we would consider the worst schedules. They only play twice this week. That is Chicago and the Vegas Golden Knights. And with this, it kind of brings up the question, are we holding Dylan Strome through this two-game week? And we actually got a Twitter question on this one. Captain Trash on Twitter asks, my playoffs begin next week. Chicago doesn't play till Thursday, and they only play twice. Uh, despite being on fire, is Dylan Strome a drop, especially considering that his league has seven ads per week? Mm. Uh, he was thinking of adding Bjorkstrand and... Bjorkstrand is going to play four times, three of which are on heavy nights, but you also got Philly, Philly, Detroit mixing in there. So again, seven ads, three pretty stellar matchups against bottom feeding teams at this point. I'm dropping Dylan Strom for, for Bjorkstrand in this in this case. Yeah, I think if with seven ads especially, you're you can probably work that two game week into a five game week, right? In that one spot on your roster. So if you can turn two games into five games, I'd probably side with that. Uh, one thing it's worth considering at this point in the season is your sort of waiver priority situation, because if you drop them, you know, late this week, for example, if you have a two or three day wait period, that means he's going to come available right when he's going to start playing again and somebody else will pick him up. That will be someone else's streamer. Just you know, just keep that in mind as your opponent might pick him up at the end of the week as a stream. So, or use this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, you know, lull for for him. Drop him Sunday, and uh, get an extra ad in for Monday that doesn't count towards this week. And then you can be the guy that streams him. Sunday is the off night for Chicago, so I, I wouldn't look at him until later. Yeah, with the amount of ads that you personally have in your league, seven. I think getting Dylan Strome back might not be the worst idea. You don't want to wait through those three days where he's not playing. No, in the playoffs, I would I would opt for drop him and take the chance on losing him, but plan on trying to re-pick him up. And if you don't, don't sweat it. It's only two games. You will have made that up by just streaming that spot and filling up the games played for sure. And where am I looking? Chicago does play Sunday when this episode is going to come out. So what I would do, I would, you know, Captain Trash, if you're if you're listening. Uh, here on a Sunday, I would drop him today on Sunday. That way, you know, maybe, you know, whatever your waiver system is, if it's one or two days, you want your opponents that might put in a claim for him. Number one, to waste their claim. Two, to sit with a dead player on their roster for as long as possible. So you're playing a little bit of defense here. So mm -hmm. the sooner you drop him, the better. That way somebody else can can have that dead roster spot on their team and hopefully burn their priority at the same time especially going straight into playoffs. Next, you got Vegas. 
with only two games. Shea Theodore has been a little bit underwhelming as of late. Is he staying on your roster? Now it's tougher for me just because like I'm not a Strom fan, so I definitely lean towards the logical side on that one, but we're all Theodore fans and it just he's a player it feels wrong to drop, but you might just have to. He three points in his last seven games, only two shots. He still has the minutes. And even with, you know, Vegas starting to pick things up, I mean, I guess he's got three points in his last three games, but uh, that one's tough. That one is tough. They only play, they're really spread out, right? They play like on the third, the sixth, the ninth, and the twelfth. So they've got gaps in between every game. You'd have to seriously think about that one. Seriously think about that one. Yeah. Because it does look like, I mean, as of a three games right now, he's heating back up again. But prior to that, he spent most of the season being pretty unspectacular. This one's going to be tough. You know, this week only having two games. Next week, three games, all on heavy nights. The difference being Vegas is pushing. They're in a wild card spot right now. So I think their offense is going to be hopefully dialed in. You know, I am a Theodore owner. So I, here I am trying to talk myself out of it, but it's in our our home league where our, our rosters are pretty deep and I do have some sort of flexibility with that. Like I think we're 23 man rosters. If you're in a 16 man roster and you need somebody else, that's, that's where you got to draw the line is, you know, over the next two weeks, you're only getting five games out of Theodore at this point. Mm -hmm. So there are, I mean, look at Sean Dursey right now, man, he is, he is on fire and handsome as hell. So he's somebody that you can, he really is. Check him, check him out. He's like a Roman Yossi 2.0. You, you know, you can get a Dursey. It's it's not as um, you know as exciting or uh, as much of a marquee name, but Dursey's doing stuff, and Theodore's not. LA's got three games this week, two off nights, and then next week they're they're one of the teams that has uh, you know one off night and three games. So you're at least getting one more game, two more off nights out of Dursey. You can look at guys like Vince Dunn as well. I think if there's an upgrade on your waiver wire, you have to do that, especially if you're maximizing games played as well. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, one thing I just noticed, uh, which I didn't put together before, but I was thinking Alec Martinez just came back too three games ago, which... And, and Braden McNabb. Yeah, on the surface, that should hurt Theodore's minutes big time because Martinez is going to be a 20-minute guy. Uh, McNabb can, can eat up some minutes too. But those are the same three games since Martinez has been back. Has been Theodore has gotten points in all those games. So keeping a close eye on that. But if you're in doubt at all, it's a defense position too. So you can almost guaranteed if it's the peripheral end of things, you can definitely find someone who's going to cover Theodore's peripherals and get way more games. So, well, McNabb is uh, is Theodore's partner, his pairing partner. And I think that brings some sort of like familiarity back to it. It's just we don't have the the luxury of wait and see anymore. So exactly, you're gonna have to make the decision for yourself. It's do or die time. You really can't second guess anything, especially if you're going for a championship here. Streaming options out of St. Louis. So we talked about Tampa already. We're talking about St. Louis next. They have three off nights, and then they got a heavy night on Saturday. It's a 12 game Saturday versus the Isles. I really like St. Louis's schedule this week. They're going up against Arizona, who is uh, the proud owner of the third most expected goals against and the fifth most actual goals against. And Seattle, who surprisingly have the 24th most expected goals against. 24th. So like they're in the top third 
of defensive systems, apparently, when you look at uh, Evolving Hockey's model here, which is really surprising. But they, they actually give up the most six, the six most goals per game. Minnesota is just lights out. They're the second best expected goals against per game, uh, second best defensive system if you go by Evolving Hockey, and then they're middle of the pack in actual goals against. And then they got the Islanders who, you know, whatever. That, that's, that's on a heavy game. They're like middle of the pack. So who are we looking at in St. Louis? There are a couple options, but I think one stands out. And I kind of hate to say it, but uh, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. It's Rob Thomas. I, I have to be objective when talking to uh, the listeners here. Whether or not I like Rob Thomas is irrelevant at this point and his absolute lack of shots. But he's got 14 points in his last 12 games. He's got five multi-point efforts in there. Uh, he's got, what, seven points in his last four games. Um, yeah. And they, they do. They have this plum week against Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, and the Islanders. So, you know, I'm, I'm letting you, the listener, know right now that you should stream Rob Thomas, especially for the beginning of the week. Like, if you want to pitch him to the wind um, come Friday after this Minnesota game, or if you want to hop on another team, you know, I think... Uh, Carolina fits pretty well as far as like matchups and off nights for the rest of the week go. Hell, even even Boston, like they got a Friday Sunday against Tampa and Washington. But I think if you pair Rob Thomas with somebody from Boston who we're going to get into next, that might be the ultimate stream strategy at this point. That's the way to go. I love <clears throat> Rob Thomas right now. Uh, just situationally, like you said, they they have the great schedule this week. Not only the off nights, but also pretty weak opponents outside of that Minnesota game. Uh, so there's going to be goals. And then the following week, actually, like the strategy to drop him, and and that isn't bad. But, I mean, even the following week, he's got four games again uh, against Buffaloes in there. A little tougher. They got Boston and, and Nashville in that, too. But he does have eight games over the next two weeks. So especially in leagues where you have less uh, moves. He's a great two-week pickup, actually. Four games both weeks. Man, he's he's been back on it. He gets two stats, right? He gets assists and he gets points. He doesn't shoot. He doesn't hit. He doesn't block. So he is very, very effective in points leagues. But categories leagues, it's, it's a little bit more of a thought. But at 26% on, he's probably there. I do like Colton Pareko if you need a D. Yep. Yeah, I think he's good for peripherals. Peripherals for sure. But another team where even though they do have that that great like basically top nine forwards in real life, that's basically who I've got uh, from there is Rob Thomas and Colton Pareko. If you could put those two guys together, that would be a fantastic player because they do <laughs> completely opposite things. Like, uh, Somalier. This pairs well with that. Keep an eye on uh, Jordan Kiru. People are getting trigger happy on him. And again, it's do or die time. So things like this are going to happen. People are dropping Jordan Kiru, who's missed three games now with a sickness, a non-COVID related sickness. But uh, if Kiru comes back and you're in one of those leagues where somebody has dropped him, I think he's a incredibly productive player as he's shown all season. But yeah, keep an eye out on Kiru to see if he might have graced your waiver wire at this point. We were talking about um, some bye week strategies uh, on the last episode, and that's one that I found myself utilizing this morning, actually, specifically because of Kiru. 
I have him already. I had him on my roster, but it got me thinking he's on my IR right now, IR plus spot. So there's a few other players that are, cause there's these, all these like phantom injuries people have right now. Right. So a guy, if a guy goes onto an IR plus eligible status of some kind, whether it's a day to day or a actual IR or whatever, if you can slide that, pick them up now, slide them into your IR this week so that you're not burning moves. And then when next week rolls around, I've got all my pickups, but I've also got Kiru coming off of my IR. So that basically is an extra bonus move. Right. So you might want to think, especially if you've got any buy weeks going on and any moves left tomorrow, if you can slap someone on just because they're going to sit in your IR, try to utilize that as another bench spot and maybe weasel an extra game out of it. With games against Arizona and Seattle to begin the week, would you chance streaming Jordan Bennington, who is sub 800 in his last two weeks? Oh, boy. How about that? That might be the first we've ever been able to say sub 800 on this show. That's right. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot is at play here. Is Jordan Bennington going to give you a good game against Arizona or Seattle? The second, is Jordan Bennington even going to get a game against Arizona or Seattle? Like if you have same day ads and Bennington's out there, would you stream him against Seattle or Arizona at this point? I, I, I would. St. Louis is better than those teams. And I, I definitely think he's going to get a start because by the way things are looking, they're going to have to ride Huso to death in the playoffs. So, so yeah, I think Bennington will get one of those games. And God, if you're going sub 800 against an Arizona, who's Arizona and not hot and now missing all their scorers. I would chance that one as ugly as it looks. Yeah, it's not pretty, but it's it's something you might be able to do. Just go check on Justin Falk. He is 73% rostered. He's been playing here and there on the top power play unit. I know Letty on paper right now, but they have been filtering Falk in and there. He should not be on waiver wires for the rest of the season. He should be on your team. If he's on a waiver wire, get him on your team. Boston, the next team worth talking about, in my opinion here. They got games against... Columbus and Detroit to start the week off Monday, Tuesday. Then they got a two day off period and then they go against Tampa and Washington to close it out. So this is definitely going to be a team that we're going to revisit come weekend preview. But for now, if we're looking at like week long holds, this is a team that is full of options. And like it's it's not even an understatement to say full of options. I was surprised that whole third line is on fire. The whole third line is on yeah. fire. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're, we're talking Charlie Coyle at this point, who's got a goal tonight, and I think he probably has other points as well. Eric Hall has got two goals tonight. Coyle assisted on one of them, I think. Let me double-check that one. Picked up Halla today, actually. Yeah, Hall has got two goals. So I think Hall is a really good option. Charlie Coyle, Craig Smith, all these guys, even Trent Frederick on that third line. Halla is centering uh, line two at this point with, with Pasternak and Taylor Hall, another line that's absolutely on fire. The only downside there is Halla doesn't get any power play time. True. But he's still got eight points in his last five games. Two more goals tonight, so that brings it up to 10 points uh, in seven games. So he's on fire. He's 10% rostered, uh, 9% rostered at this point. But Craig Smith, 10%. Jake DeBrusque, for all his top-line glory, mm. is 10%. Uh, what, what are your top options from this team? What would you do here? I don't like Jake DeBrusque, but I like all those other guys you said. My first picks was that, I mean, that whole third line uh, is 
is great right now, all available. And then the other the other one, which isn't as sure of a thing, but I do not mind Lindholm, mainly because of the schedule. Five games with Boston. He's got only a couple of points, but he's got a couple shots a game. Decent hits, not great blocks. So he's not hasn't been amazing, but he he's been fitting in well. So if you need a D, I wouldn't. I would look at Lindholm just mainly because of the schedule, and he does do a little bit of of everything. Hopefully, he's not one of your top two D, but as a streamer D, he's worth it, especially on the off nights. Uh, but I like Hala. I picked him up myself in a couple of different leagues. Uh, I just feel like. That line's hot. He's been kind of moving around, playing some with some good players and, and getting some good points. And yeah, I, li- I like him a lot. Yeah, the the two goals tonight really doesn't quiet how well he's been doing either. So he's still on this hot streak. I think him, you know, Craig Smith and yeah, who was the other guy? Charlie Coyle even, you know, leading the way. And if you're looking for offense and a couple bangs, I think Charlie Coyle brings that. He's got a couple power play points in the last little while too. I think it's probably power play too mostly but he, he does get some time where i don't think Halla has been getting in any really yeah solid options i think they'll they'll make more sense come the weekend when when they do have that friday sunday off night so keep an eye out for them i think you know rob thomas to start the week and then you know an eric Halla to end the week you know say say you're not doing too well in in points then you go for Halla. but usually i like to you know, Friday to Sunday, I'm I'm hunting down peripherals. I'm just winning certain categories. But if you're in a points league, Hall makes makes a ton of sense at this point. Calgary, man, I know you didn't have too much on Calgary. There's not a lot going on, but I think yeah. you know you dig a little deeper. You got Noah Hannafin, who's got five points in his last six, and he shoots a lot. He shoots a lot. He doesn't do much for hits and blocks, but Calgary's got a really nice week long schedule. L.A., which for some reason I still lump them in as like an easy game which it's not going to be. You have the the underlying storyline of the whole Dowdy and, and Kachuk thing. Dowdy's not there, but I think Kachuk is the type of guy to still want to make a statement. So, uh, And then you got Anaheim, maybe without Troy Terry, San Jose, and Seattle. This is going to be a heavy offensive week for, for Calgary. So I think if we're looking out for offense, Calgary might be our best bet outside of maybe St. Louis. Hannafin is, is putting up points. He's rostered in a third of leagues. And Mikhail Backlund actually leads the team in shots on goal over the last two weeks. He's got three goals, two assists in that span, 22 shots, three hits, three blocks. I like him for this Monday, Wednesday off night and then pivot to one of these Boston or Tampa or one of these Friday, Sunday games. But I don't know. I wanted to get those guys, their names out there because I think they are doing stuff. Uh, you know who's been doing good is my old boy Dylan Doobies. He's been doing all right. I don't suggest picking him up, but he has been playing okay. It's just a little a little scary when you look at their team as a whole and you see Kachuk and Goudreau with 12 points in their last six and then everybody else is like 10 points behind them. You know, They're very, very top-heavy, but uh, they are, a, a, again... Feast or famine, yeah. A, another solid like top six seven eight forwards who who are useful backland could be useful they just don't excite me too much although uh they're so solidified and they're rolling so well i could see maybe some of those fringe players like you know Tofoli and mangiapani who are down more towards 15 minutes maybe creeping up another minute or two per night if they're trying to rest goudreau and and kachuk at all Definitely ain't getting your hands on that top line, but holy fuck, man, they just are not slowing down. Yeah, Tafoli himself, 63% rostered. Manjipani not far behind at 62. 
Foley obviously like head and shoulders the the better option at this point. He's shooting the hits are really good, uh, and he's putting up points. He's playing power play one with these guys. So if Foley's out there, I think he's he's the answer at this point. You're getting power play one out of somebody that hopefully you can find on the waiver wire. You know, putting him out there. And we're not going to talk about Blake Coleman because he is not the answer. Sorry, bud. I wish you were good. All right. Uh, Carolina finishes this one out. And this is another team that's kind of like it's it's not as exciting to talk about just because, again, all of the all of the really good options are already taken. So it kind of leaves us to Nietzsche, who's on line four right now. But take that with a grain of salt because Rod Brindamore mixes things up so much. Seth Jarvis has been on line one for a good bit of time. Start the week, they look a little less inviting because two of their games are on the heavy nights, Tuesday and Thursday, but they're both against Buffalo. So it's it's really this two, double-edged sword at this point. Like, do you want to cash in on those guys? Do you have to get guys out of your roster? Both of those games are uh, on heavy nights that have 10 games. So are they even going to fit? Maybe this is a team that we save for the weekend preview when they have this Friday, Sunday against the Islanders in Anaheim. But if you're strapped, you need it. If Jarvis works in your roster he would be the guy that I would go for. I don't know if I'm, I like Jarvis more than Nietzsche at this point. Definitely. And especially on a, on a tight type of schedule, like they do play some heavy nights. Jarvis has the center left wing, right wing. So he's tri eligible, which definitely helps Yeah, on those heavy nights for when sure. You're trying to sneak guys in and, and work them around. So that makes him good. And, but like you said, like he's technically line one, Nietzsche is technically line four, but Nietzsche is still playing two and a half minutes more per night. Yeah. So don't, don't let the, you know, the daily faceoff lines necessarily be the whole story. That's Rod the Bod for you. That is going to bring us to our, uh, zero G corner which we're going to talk about some of the early week goalie streams. I don't think there's many full week ones at this point. Like I like Monday, Tuesday, Olmark and Swayman because they got Columbus and then they got Detroit. But both those guys are above 70% roster at this point. Swayman at 77, Linus Olmark at 71. If they're trotting around your your waiver wire, I think that's a good way to go. Maybe Vladar for, for Wednesday and Thursday against Anaheim and San Jose, but... I don't know. Is anything sticking out to you here as far as like, you know, Monday to Thursday? Those are those are really the back to backs that we're looking at because, you know, it's it's slim pickings outside that. I've gotten lucky a couple of games with uh, Calgren, but they, they've got Tampa and Florida back to back. So I'm not touching Toronto goalie. Shalgren, my good sir. Sure. Shall not get him. Sure. With a K. <laughs> I'm not taking any. Toronto goalie. I don't care if it's even Campbell if they're playing Tampa and Florida right now. That's going to be some fun games to watch. Probably have all the coaches just ripping their hair out. I mean, Columbus with the Boston Philly back to back. Yeah, what do you got? Barube for for Philly, I would guess. Merzlikens will probably get that Boston game. You could try to do the Philly game, but Columbus is kind of sketchy these days. Boston's Boston's the the option, I think, uh, if if you need to do that. Detroit, no, can score, but they're definitely a lot colder than they were earlier in the season. So, uh, the only one that really like I like the idea of like if if one of those Boston goalies is available for you, that's my number one. But then I'm looking at Halak versus Arizona on Thursday. That might be the the best play here. And then, I mean, going into the weekend, there's there's one, two, three, four, five, six back-to-back Saturday, Sunday that we're going to have to choose from. That's going to make Sunday really 
really fucking important when it comes to streaming backup goalies. You got Nashville, Pittsburgh, both of those. I mean, Nashville is going to see Florida and Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh's going to see Washington, Nashville, Ottawa, Christ. They're going to see the New York Rangers and Winnipeg, Dallas. I guess Dallas might be the best option this weekend, but even still, that's Wedgwood against New Jersey, who can do a ton offensively, and then Chicago. So I don't know. Wedgwood might be my my go-to for the weekend. I don't know. Maybe Stolarz. Not a great week for goalies. It's a bad week for goalies. Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, I do like that Halak. Halak is a is a Halak and Olmark would be the two that I would stream for the first half of the week, and then when it comes time, uh, we'll do the weekend here in the weekend preview. But man, it does not look good. I'm going to tell you that straight up here. So get your goalie stats early while you can. You can have the rest of the week to unfuck them. But that's, that's it for week 24 preview, guys. Once again, you guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord if you like. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Love you. Love you.